Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe Diverge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. Actually, back at home, you may hear the uh, nice sounds of snowmobiles in the background. Snowmobiles um, in the background. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to be somewhere and actually. Back in the um, land of big, the Big Sky Conference, Big Sky Country, you're back there. Right. Um, we're recording this on the 7th of January at 8.15 p.m. And the biggest thing that's happening right now we felt like we needed to cover was that Matt Jones of Kentucky Sport for Radio is is now one of the owners and proprietors of Ohio Valley Wrestling Incorporated and all, all entities within. Right. And um, I we wanted to talk about something incredibly light, but Chris, you've got, you, we we had a challenge issue to us to have a take on this. And I, yeah, you, no, you say I, you've got a take. <laughs> I have a, I have a take. Um, before we get to that, is there any um, grand angle you think that Matt Jones has here? Is it just purchasing a wrestling thing because he wants to? Well, I went back. I, I, I will say my, I am not a, a, I'm a wrestling dabbler. Have you been to one of those before? First I've of all, never been to fun. one of those. No, I've never been to one of the, I've never been to wrestling. I don't know why I acted like I did. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I will, I was into wrestling for a good, like four to five years of my life. And in the past, like five years, I've watched like three WrestleManias and like maybe another, uh, like event, maybe once a year. So like I'm a dabbler. Uh, and of course, as my favorite, sure. One of my favorite Twitter uh, tweets of all time is welcome to Twitter. Um, I don't remember. It's like, here's a, here's a, here's a book. I don't remember what book it is. It's like, it's a subscription to the New York times. And for some reason, a season passed to WWE SmackDown. Because <laughs> for some reason, like 80% of Twitter has some level of interest in, in wrestling. Um, I find the business of wrestling very interesting, which is why I'm so willing to talk about OVW. Um, right. so Chris, what's, what do you, what do you believe? What, what is, what is this about? Well, two things. Um, I do think that giving the, you know, the opportunity and the demographic of Kentucky fans that there stands to be a chance for Matt Jones to make a quick buck. Like, I think he can make some money like pretty quickly off. I think this is a sound business um, decision for him. I'm, I'm not here to insult it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how much of a lasting thing it's going to be. Um, but I, like I said, I do think like in the short term, uh, I think he stands and makes money off of it. Um, but my, like my bigger, you know, big picture take now is that Matt Jones, and he may have been before, but it, it's definitely official now that Matt Jones is more relatable to the Kentucky fan base than John Calipari because <laughs> On one hand, you have John Calipari who refuses to play guys that are Mr. Basketball. I, I thought about how, how you know, Mark Ennis had to take basketball, and I thought that was a really good point. They definitely miss college basketball. Um, but on the other hand, you have a guy who's like Matt who's, who says, you know, some of these guys don't even like basketball anymore, so I'm just going to get rid of all this, and I'm going to give the people what they want. It's wrestling. Wrestling. So, <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, this – I think Matt Jones is certainly more in touch with the Kentucky fan base than John Calipari is. That's my biggest takeaway here. <laughs> I don't think that's a ridiculous takeaway. I, I find it really interesting. I texted like three people who are huge wrestling fans that I know. Two of them hadn't heard about it. And one was like, sure, that's a good idea. And um, 
I don't, I, I will say that, you know, as I said, I'm way more interested in the business of wrestling than I am the actual on screen thing. I find it like, it's like weirdly because it is a television show and because they feed into each other. I don't know. It's like the mm-hmm. best parts. It's like the best parts of like, uh, like a, a, a baseball organization, like with a television show and there's feeder systems. So I think the best, like if I'm, I'm, I'm like not an expert in wrestling, but as Matt said, when he introduces, he said, there's never been a better time to be into indie wrestling, which is true because all the people our age and like over like 10 to 15 years older hate the WWE and what they've become. So they're into all these alternative wrestling, you know, groups. So I think, and, and what he was really interested in was the school that's a part of OVW because the guy who runs the school is like one of the greatest wrestling teachers in America, something like that. Right. Um, so I think, and what, what was originally, the way that someone explained OVW to me was that they were the triple A for WWE for forever. They were, they were the feeder system. John Cena was there, uh, you know, uh, Ray Mysterio, Brock, uh, I'm forgetting his name, Lesnar. Brock Lesnar all these names that you and I have heard of or somebody who's maybe watched 25 minutes of wrestling know of. So if they can create OVW to be the triple a for these alternative upper echelon wrestling outfits, that's a good idea. And that's cool. And, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it makes it's hipster sense. Wrestling. It's it, hipster wrestling. Um, I know that the, they, they do these things out in the South end and the, uh, um, in the, you know, Southwestern part of the city. And it sounds like they want to move them to be a little bit closer to other people to, uh, you know, uh, potentially get a bigger audience, which is cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, cool. Good for, good for Matt Jones. Good for him, you know, expanding, (laughs) expanding his horizons, you you know, he sold his company. Go ahead. Can you imagine the unrest of wanting to bring the OVW to St. Matthews? Listen, I want that, dude. I'd go. I'd 100% go. Do it, man. It's it's incredible fun. Now, I'm not a I'm not a wrestling fan, um, but I've been to that, and they have like these these guys. They had a um, guy who his nickname was like the Toll Master or something like that. When when the tolls started, um, and it was a big oh thing, gosh. and it was like the Second Street Bridge and this this whole play on that. The so toll yeah, master. Um, um, I am all for you know the the acting and for it. I I think it's I think it's great. It'd be funny. It'd be funny as hell. So shout out to Matt. Congrats. What's, what's more interesting, him? What's more interesting, him purchasing that or KSR being purchased? Uh, I was I, my joke was going to be that four seven sports. Uh, well, not by two four seven, but by the guy who uh, who started two four seven and sold it for a bunch of money, right. and also uh, contributed to Tennessee being one of the worst COVID states in the union. But let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> uh, I I find it um, just because I don't I don't know I. I <sighs> probably probably honestly the wrestling thing to me just because i know what the path is for for ksr and it sounds like this guy wants to use ksr as something of a a, of a example to create some kind of new alternate you know because he's created companies before it sounds like he wants them to be a model for something bigger so that's not interesting to me you know we've two four there's been a new two before 247 it was scout and rivals and so i'm not uh, that's not interesting to me um 
so yeah so i, I you know we'll see what's we'll see what's next but um that, that's that's yeah. interesting to me for sure uh let's talk about things that actually matter <laughs> uh hit the intro Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. Louisville is the greatest. And we're back, Chris. We, of course, have to talk about uh, the real big story in regards to Louisville basketball. And that's the fact that the Cardinals defeated the, the Vatek Hokies in a uh a barnstormer 73 to 71 uh, i think i said that last time a barn burner barnstormer don't let me do that next time guys um quite an up and down game chris uh against you know the team that was at top of the acc uh really you know you you said going into this that this was going to tell you a lot about this louisville team going forward um what what is what is your takeaway? What is your what is your reaction to this one? Um, yeah, you know, I think the the expectations rise now. Um, and you know, it's funny because that that basket at the end goes in, and maybe you're saying something different. But this is the second straight game, Boston College, probably to a lesser extent, where you had a team that's like, hey, we're going to defend you and stop you from doing the one thing that you want to do the most, which is pick and roll we're going to defend that really well and we're going to force you to beat us other ways and i think both times louisville was able to do that even if they would have lost last night i still would have said the same thing because they wouldn't have lost because of their offense um i think their offense was fine Jalen Withers was Definitely. great um josh nickerberry was great you know people stepped up when they needed to so yeah i mean my biggest takeaway is that i think it's time to officially rise the expectations a little bit um top three in the acc um fringe second weekend team, sweet 16 team, you can definitely start talking about some of those things with a degree of certainty. Um, that's my biggest like takeaway from. Definitely. I think this game was a, a, uh, uh, you know, to use a ESPN moniker pretenders versus contenders type of, uh, of, of litmus test, uh, you know, Virginia tech, I, I, I legitimately a good team, a team that, that should absolutely make the tournament. Um, and obviously they were, they were atop the ACC standings. Um, but, you know, Louisville, they, even just in how they won the game to me is, is, is what's interesting. Um, they started, they, you know, the game starts with Virginia Tech immediately going on an 11 0 run. Uh, Louisville answering that with a 17 to 3 run. Um, they take, you know, it's, it's uh, 36 to 31 at halftime. Um, they are able to stretch it out, I think, to 14 points at the highest. And um, then Virginia Tech starts to kind of climb back. Um, and before Louisville, you know, is able to, to really honestly, like kind of went by the skin of their teeth. They had like five different opportunities to put away three baskets that, that rimmed out. Like I just, uh, you know, David Johnson misses a, a, a free throw, um, a few random things, uh, things to me that say way more about the youth of the team, as opposed to, Oh, this team is bad. That just to me felt like, Oh, this team is still learning. When we talk about close games, you know, uh, Remember, David Johnson and Carly Jones were the only people that were playing legitimate minutes um, in, in a, in, on a basketball team last season. So I'm not concerned and, by by the, by this team, uh, you know, struggling to really put somebody away. It's not like this is last year's four seniors in a junior team, you know. And Louisville has won three games that were, you know, single possession games. They won exactly. all three of them: Seton Hall, um, Kentucky. 
And, and last night, I think last night was more of a byproduct of some of the shots that Virginia Tech made down the stretch. Jalen Cohn, um, he had a three that was like his body was contorted to one side. I'm like, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, Carly, you know, was again the closer down the stretch. Um, you said he had that in and out basket. I remember that he had you I know, one of the free throw line, made some big free throws down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I think, like, you know with this team, um, I think you may even know more about this team right now than you knew about Louisville's team last year at this time. Um, you know who the guys are in the crunch crunch time. You know it's Carly because the closer, or it's David Johnson, which one can get to the rack, you, you know, you take a pick. But it's going to be those guys. But I think the most exciting thing for me last night is I look up, and for the first time in a long time, it's not Carly and David Johnson with the bulk of the points. It's right. other guys. It's Dre Davis making, you know, a random three. Um, <laughs> it's it's Jalen Withers stepping up, obviously had an incredible game. It's Josh Nickelberry crossing somebody over and, you know, breaking the hell out of their ankles. It's those little things that you look for that say, you know, th- this team can go so far if Absolutely. they need to with a guard play, but but there's other guys that can do things, and that's that's a real positive. There are some bad things to take away, like the, the closing of the game was garbage, but I, I do think you know the positives, even if they would have lost that game, exactly. outweigh kind of kind of the negatives for me, uh, just because all the guys that kind of stepped up and Quinn continues to be just this steady presence, yeah. steady hilarious presence who's like. It's great. I mean, there's a lot of things to like about this. Team. Yeah. Before we, I know we we definitely want to talk about Quinn and 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 you know the flip side of, of that being Samuel Williamson. But we've mentioned Jalen Withers a, a few times, and I, I really want to highlight him. His first career double double. Um, I know going into this game, we talked about the fact that Virginia Tech is one of the smallest team um, in the Power Conferences, and this is exactly the type of game you hope a guy like Jalen Withers dominates, and he does. And you know, 16 points, six of 12 from the field. Um, you know, made all four shots at the line, 12 rebounds, um, you know, does he, he did a ton and, um, I I was really impressed with him. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, he was the MVP for the, for, for Ken Palm for the game. And I I think the MVP, definitely the MVP of the game, um, you know, even though he didn't lead the team in scoring, um, but I, I just was genuinely super impressed. And that was, this was the type of performance to me that, you know, makes me feel like he's not just a, you know, he's not a placeholder for Malik Williams and, you know, Malik Williams could come back next season and, and play. And, and, and it's not an instantly, Oh, you slot Malik Williams in over Jalen Withers. Jalen Withers has earned the opportunity to get significant minutes. Yeah. Maybe he plays more at the four, um, and, and maybe, but I, I, I've been, I was really impressed with how he played today and it really kind of underlines the sort of 12 months that we've been hearing from Chris Mack of him last year, succeeding in practice, starting to succeed around this time. And then that really, he's had a few good games, but obviously this is the best he's played in a, in a Cardinal uniform. Yeah. I mean, I think you're at this point, you're just, you're just kind of looking for that consistency. If he can Definitely. be that guy. I mean, I'm not asking the guy to get a double-double every night, but if he can be that guy that, you know, gets the ball, he's going to score, or, you know, he's going to get a good opportunity to score, that's huge. That's yeah. that's huge for this team um, to have – we're just looking for that third guy. Um, that's That's been the conversation, the prevailing conversation all throughout the year. Thought it may be Sam. Um, has it really been Sam? Could be Jalen Weathers. And if it's, if it's any of those guys, I think now, um, you know – we're officially at the point, and I guess we can go ahead and pivot to there, to where when I look at it, 
with it with this team is I'm not saying that Sam Williamson has to be great for this team to reach their full potential. Yes. I tweeted that out last night, and I, I still feel that way because of the other developing things you see happening. Um, the thing about Sam is I don't really know if he is in the same mode of the rest of these players. Um, there was so much conversation about, you know, Dre Davis, David Johnson, um, Jalen Withers. These guys are are Chris Mack players. They're they're gritty players. They're gonna battle their ass off. They're gonna fight. They're gonna they're gonna do all the little things. They might not be the greatest players skill wise, but they're going to be tough and they're gonna battle their asses off. I look at Sam, and I see a guy who is more along the way of a guy like Jordan Wara, a guy like Ryan the Man, a guy of like that previous moat. Um, you know, and, and I could be off on that, but that's the way I feel. I think, I think Matt kind of went after him yesterday in the press conference and, and said as much. He said, he, you know, Sam's not going to play if he's not hustling. Yeah. He sticks out like a sore thumb. That was the exact quote he used. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like when, when I look at him, he looks a little different on the floor compared to the other guys. Uh, that That's kind of how I feel about it now. Yeah. And, and I, I was, you know, thinking about this and Mike Rutherford I was reading him earlier today and he had a pretty I knew we were going to talk about Sam I brought it up and um, he he made the really good point that you know when you're talking about a guy like 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 Samuel Williamson who uh, you know he could he, he feels like he could get away with going half speed and you know Mike says you know good things happen to players no matter what their skill level who give maximum effort in instances when they could easily get away with going half speed um you know Quinn Slezinski is is giving maximum effort and you just we 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 need to get Sam to um to just get opportunities it sounds like you know it sounds like it's not quite a a a personality issue you know Mac wasn't wasn't you know at that point but I just I, I want I think you're right. This team, this team doesn't necessarily we're getting to the point where I don't feel like they need Samuel Williamson to be the third guy to get to the second weekend of the tournament. But um, it, it's, I, I would hate. It's like you look at this, you look, you look at this team and you're like, okay, what are the things that miss? And when I, when I think of what this team is missing, I think of like a physical presence. Yes. Like a, a, another, another guy who is going to, you know, kind of make his physical presence known. Quinn's did a good job of that here lately. He's still not really big enough to be no. that guy. Yeah. But so like if Sam can't fit that mold, then kind of where does he fit in? You know, he had a he had a really good game against Boston College, but yeah. he didn't even feel like it. It's and that's the thing that kind of sucks. And that's like, the conversation I have with everyone. I have the Samuel Williamson conversation with four different people every single game. And it's it's <laughs> if you watch Samuel Williamson play and then you look at the stats after the game, half the time it doesn't match. He even even the game. Um, right. I, I, I don't I, I'm picking what, what game am I thinking of? I think it was Pittsburgh. He played terrible against Pittsburgh, still had 12 points and in eight rebounds, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's such an odd it's such an odd situation. Um which I think just kind of lends the fact to like, he just, he's just got to get there. And um, the, the comparison of him to Donovan Mitchell second year is one. I still think is the most app apt. Um, yes. But at this point, Donovan had already turned it on. Um, but I think that will come for Sam. Sammy Williamson isn't Donovan Mitchell. That's okay. That's, it's not, that's, that's not a huge deal to me. Um, I, I think it will come still for him. You know, this, again, this is still his second year um, really playing with his basketball team, but I mean, you know, 
I hope it's sooner rather than later, obviously, but, but there's going to be, a, there's going to come in time for him for sure. He'll figure it out. Um, we can, uh, Quinn Slazinski, any, any other yeah. words on, <laughs> um, he's just, I don't know. Man. He's, no, he's I was, I was curious. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, he's just in, in every way, like he, he's just, he's just going to outplay him. Um, the, the team, does a lot of things better. You look at the scoreboard; it, it reflects on that. Um, he made a, he hit the three last night where he was guarded, but he just shot over the dude like zero hesitation and just made it. Um, and then you know it's just it's just the effort thing. I mean, I, I think that's all what it comes down to. It it's just the maximum effort. He had that quote after um, I think it was after Pittsburgh saying, you know, that I'm not the athlete like half of these dudes are, but I'm going to yeah. beat them with my mind. And I think he's done that, um, whether it's like drawing the charges or, you know, taking the right angles defensively. I'm not like he's I, been good. He's, he's been solid. I, I don't I don't want to do this because it, I feel like Louisville fans always want to compare their players to previous players. I've seen so many mm-hmm. people do it, um, trying to compare <laughs> Carly Jones, the rest Smith, that type of stuff. But uh, so Quinn definitely has the the slow mobster mentality that, that Luke Hancock has. And you see it every time he, you know, kind of goes for a rebound. I see him just kind of fake one way, think about another. It definitely is breaking the, you know, and even on defense, he'll, he'll fake, you know, he'll fake a stab one, one direction, just to um, just to corner a guy to, closer to the sideline. And, and, and he does a great job there. Um, if, if you go back and watch, you know, I watched some of the highlights specifically, and there were some great defensive possessions um, where, you know, and, and so many of them came when he was on the court, which obviously he played more this game. Um, but you can just tell that defensively, he's such a, you know, he, he's, 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 becoming an anchor and i think when we're talking about charles midland coming to this team there's some concern on defense and and you know maybe he can help shore that up um if if they need to i think he sticks out so much i think he sticks out so much more because like we've talked about it before uh, the last two years of how this team needed like an alpha dog and like a vocal leader Uh like a guy who's just like you know, gonna, gonna block a shot and talk shit. Um, and, and he's doing it. So like, it's just very exciting to see it coming from somewhere. Um, he, to me, he's like a very unlikely suspect for it to be coming from him. Um, but it is, and you know, that it's, it's good to see. Um, as far as like the, 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 uh, the Charles Midland stuff, I am, you know, I'm I'm as excited as you to get down to see what, a, what that that whole thing looks like. What a weird rollout we've had to this Charles Minland thing. This is this is like an incredibly dumb analogy, but like I'm starting I'm starting to think of Charles Minland as like and and this team. It's like and this isn't the best one, but it's like when in Dragon Ball Z when they're all on the planet of Namek and at the end of every episode they would talk about oh like but goku's on the way in his spaceship <laughs> and it's just like for like seven episodes you know minlin shows up oh he's warming up he's coming he's close and and like this is it he's he's gonna show up this game this episode and he does oh, it yeah and um you know it's like the whole wrestling thing about it's, how, it's how this is gonna hey happen man next it's go it's go tune in next week and it's funny because louisville is isn't going to play Georgia Tech on Saturday because of COVID, um, a COVID issue at Georgia Tech. And 
I'm almost and and sort of Chris Mack said as much. It's just it almost feels like this is going to be the perfect opportunity because it seems like Mimlin is now ready to participate more fully in in in, in drills and in practices, and it's going to allow him to be installed into the offense. Um, and it's not kind of in between games. It's an opportunity for them to 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 play since um, you know they don't have to play again until on Wednesday, so they have a whole week to take care of this. Um, so I, I I'm very interested in seeing how much he plays against Wake Forest. I have a feeling, considering Wake Forest is the worst team in the ACC, uh, that it's going to be more than I think a lot of people expect, which I'm kind of good with because I don't think they really need him to. They don't really need to put out a, a triple A performance. Um, now we're probably going to lose, but <laughs> just because I, I said mean, that. yeah, that, that Wake Forest team was up nine on Virginia last night. So they've been like here and there, but I mean, really speaking, yeah, I hear you. Um, I, I do think like I remain very high on what Charles Minlin can bring to this team because <laughs> I, I just talked about a few minutes ago about how like the physical presence and the guy who's going to get put back and the, and the guy who's going to be like an around the rim score. I still think they need that guy, and I, I think he can be that um, player. Like, I still think this team has a lot more room. I was going to ask you this question, but we can get to it now. I think this this team has more room to grow offensively than they do defensively, right. as weird as that sounds. They've been putting up some great offensive numbers, but I, I think they can be better. I think the defense has kind of reached – I mean, they're going to improve. they they, they got to be a better, like – perimeter defensive team um there's still a lot of you know unguarded threes especially early in the game last night there were um but i I think this team can grow a lot more offensively than they can defensively right now and i think he can bring that extra like gear to it definitely there's there's still a level of this team and you see it especially late in the games that just kind of like carly williams david johnson one of them decides whether they're what they're going to do and they kind of go from there there is a a flow that we you know we saw you know especially in that first half that those runs just a flow to the team when it gets going and and you know we haven't mentioned josh nickelberry's name a ton you know he has that step that crazy move that that went on on sports center but you know him being able to come in and knock down a couple of threes just changes this team so much it does because yeah, it's just it, 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 it opens up the up. lanes and and that transition three that he drilled is just like that's exactly what this team needs to to change things um and, and to really expand so i completely agree with you i think defensively i think the only thing defensively is is uh the ceiling of this team depends on the ceiling of malik williams and what he can do um you know, when he comes back to this team, that's, that's the ceiling for, for this team defensively. Um, but you definitely are starting to see with these freshmen and how they're playing and how they're getting comfortable in this offense. Um, you're starting to see some really exciting wrinkles, some, some spots and, you know, you know, Samuel Williamson, you know, steps in, that's a whole other option. And of course, Charles Midland, who I think is going to be way better on the offensive end, um, you know, is, is going to offer some, some unique slasher mentality. And I'm excited for do you think we know the ceiling of this team yet? I don't. I, I don't, don't think we do. Care. But like, like this is I, I. I'm glad we we're talking about this because this is what we talked about going into the season. This is our favorite type of team. This is supposed well, yeah. to be a rebuilding year. This is supposed to be a bridge, and 
those that's how Chris Mack that's what Chris Mack does these are his best teams the teams that the teams that made the elite eight they weren't the teams that were supposed to go to the right. elite eight they, they were the, the one te- seeds. they were the they weren't the one seeds so Chris Mack almost kind of weirdly does well with this type of group this learning group when the expectations aren't a hundred percent there so I'm I'm approaching the rest of this ACC season with great excitement knowing that we don't know what the ceiling is and if the few matchups go our way come March and April who knows <laughs> who knows yeah, and, what and, can and, happen I mean because that's that's the thing that you hear um a lot from fans and I think you even hear it nationally is like this team has a lot more, like they have a lot of room to grow still so I don't really know what that means I mean I I, I think fully healthy Malik Williams comes back gets into the you know gets into the form I, I still don't think he's going to be a great offensive threat because I don't no. think he's going to get to that type of health level but I think defensively he can contribute pretty pretty strongly right away definitely I think all things go well this this can be a final four team I really do I you heard it here folks you heard it here I'll say that now I I do tend to think that you know, everybody's kind of playing for second place right now. Um, but <laughs> I will, I will throw that out there. I will go on that limb and say that right now. Um, I respect it, Chris. I respect Wisconsin it. and Indiana in an absolute battle. I never saw this coming in a million years. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so any other thing we want to talk about? Um, David Johnson. We haven't really mentioned him. Um, dude just keeps rolling. ACC Player of the Year candidate David Johnson, it's happening. Um, <laughs> I mean, just look at the numbers, man. I mean, at last night wasn't his best game, but he's still averaging damn near double double, especially since the COVID restart. I know he, I know he's pretty close to that. Uh, I, I can, I can pull up those stats. I sometimes, uh, he, he's, yeah, he's averaging 14.7 points a game, six, you know, six rebounds a game, uh, 3.7 assists a game, but shooting 48%. Um, and, and uh, from three, he's shooting 45.7%. Like what? <laughs> he shot 21.7% from three. And I know he shot more threes already this year. Um, I'm, I'm pulling that up right now. Um, He's okay. He's already shot 35 threes. He shot 23 last year and he's, he's doubled, you know, um, one of my favorite Mark Titus things is you gotta, you gotta keep shooting threes until you're less than 40%. So feel free Dave to keep, you know, if you're over 40% from three, you haven't shot the ball enough. (laughs) So, um, keep shooting it, Dave. I'm I'm totally good way to look at it. (laughs) He's, um, you know, he's getting to the line a, a good amount, which I really appreciate. Um, you know, just looking at, at, at sort of the national numbers, it's he's not, you know, he, he's not top level in in pretty much anything, which is is kind of a bummer. And I, I don't know what that is with you know his assist rate isn't you know he's three hundred and third in assist rate. Um, you know, the best he the best he is is in three point percentage. He's one hundred and thirty second in that. Um, I don't know why his his offensive rating is, is 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 as low as it is. I would have I would have figured it to be a little bit higher. It's only at one hundred and two point nine. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I think it's I, because some of the earlier struggles, really. Oh, I guess you're probably right there. Um, but yeah, man, it's just he's he's killing it of late, and I, it's so exciting to watch him. And it's a it's very much a I told you show so type of thing. Um, <laughs> Uh, in terms of how um, 
you know, he didn't get any credit, you know, it's, I mean, shout out to Amir uh, Sims who, who, uh, who, who's having a pretty good game. I know a pretty good year. I know Chris likes has been hurt. Um, but it's, uh, it's, he's obviously one of the best guards. This is the best, this is the best, you know, backcourt in the ACC. Like, it's just, it's clear at this point. I, I don't, I don't, you know, who, who's better. Um, so very excited to see, um, him moving forward it's it's uh it's pretty interesting yeah i mean you just you look at it and you say you know uh, mobile has the best backcourt in the acc mm-hmm. they get malik williams back they have one of the best defenders in the acc right um i think Jalen withers is one of the most athletic players in the acc um so <laughs> there's a lot of good things man um, there are there are a lot of good things. I, I just don't really have many complaints right now. Um, I, you know, you want to see Louisville start and close games better. That's that's really about it. Yeah, and I think this is just you know it's it's quickly becoming a team for me that just kind of um, it's just a really fun team to watch and a fun team to grow to to, to see grow. You're seeing the growth happen from game to game and, and not knowing where that potential and that ceiling is, is, is such a fun feeling. It's, it's different. It's just so different than a, than a team that has all the expectations and there's so much pressure. Um, and, and I'm enjoying it. And that's I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Time. That's what was, that's what was so different from last year compared to like you, you had so much expectations going into last season that I'm not sure, you know, you know, the Michigan game was fun. The Duke game was fun, but a lot of that year was unenjoyable because of that. Exactly. Because of the expectations. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right there. Um, uh, the, 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 the no expectations definitely makes you love this team a little bit more for whatever reason. All right, Chris, you've already said this team is uh, is a is a potential Final Four contender. Um, Chris or, uh, Ken Palm <laughs> has them uh, finishing the conference schedule at eleven and seven. They're three and zero right now, uh, finishing the year sixteen and eight. Um, are you over or under that sixteen and eight record, eleven and seven record? Let me pull up this schedule real quick. We can we can do the uh, the Mike and the Mad Dog <laughs> run through. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're seven and one right now, or eight and one. Seven eight and one. Right? Eight and one. Eight and one. Okay, okay. Where are the losses? I guess is my question. Okay, so. Um, so I, I, I don't think you sweep, I don't think you sweep Duke in Virginia. Um, I think no. you beat Duke once. I think you beat Virginia once. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's two losses. And I think there. you, you know, Florida staying at home. You think that's a win? I do think, I think that's a win because I think they match up pretty well with Florida state. I don't think they match up well with Clemson at all. Um, so that's, that's three losses there for me. Um, and then I'll say they lose at North Carolina. Um, so that's four losses. Or the five losses. You yeah. Uh, that No, it's four. Um, okay. Okay. And the, the, the Syracuse game is the I, one. I was wondering that, if you were going to mention that at Syracuse. That's, that's the coin flip. That's the coin flip because that's, that's <laughs> oh, a, tough, it's a tough game for a young team. I hate the at Syracuse um, So, yeah, we're, we're on the same wavelength. 
and it's just it's just setting up for the at Syracuse struggle. They can't figure out the zone. Carleek and DJ are 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 cold from three, and then they win by twenty five points when Syracuse comes to Louisville. Like it just it's perfectly oh, yeah. set that, up for either, that. There's no way it's gonna happen any other that's way. Either a two point. <laughs> that's a two point win, or Louisville's gonna get me by forty. Like there's in between though. Absolutely. Um, so I, yeah, I, I'm looking at that. Okay. So you're saying, you're saying five more, I think you had five more losses. Okay. Okay. I had four, I believe. No, five. Let's see. Yeah. I had four. I had one, four. So one to okay, Duke, one five. to, so what would I put the final record at? So that would put them at, uh, 16 and six, and then that would make them, uh, uh, 11 or, uh, 13 and, and five. If I yeah, for the conference, okay. that's that's. Gotcha. I don't have the conference standings in front of me, but that seems like that's good enough for a a, a, a triple buy for sure. Uh, maybe not the maybe not the conference mm-hmm. championship, but um. But Louisville is tops. They are tops of the of the um, the ACC right now. Oh no, they're not. I lied. They're uh, in in Ken Palm. Duke is still sixteenth. Uh, Virginia is. But but like the thing about Duke is like they only have four wins right now. Or uh, yeah, I got, I'm looking at the overall because they didn't play any of their conference games. Uh, Duke is projected for 12 and six. Virginia is projected 12 and six. Uh, Clemson projected 13 and seven. And then Louisville projected 11 and seven. Virginia Tech projected 11 and seven. And NC State projected 11 and eight. Oh, because Louisville lost See, that I think Georgia that, Tech game. So. They gotta add that back I, in. I think that dude. I think that dude team's done. <laughs> I don't think they're that good at all. I think they're like a, a that co- yeah. That Boston College game was game. was really weird. I don't know. I feel like I can just smell Duke getting on a run. I can just smell it. Like I feel like they <laughs> they come to Louisville. You know they they play they, their next four games are. Saturday against Wake Forest, Tuesday against Virginia Tech. I think they'll they'll beat Wake Forest. They'll lose to Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech. They'll struggle against Pittsburgh. They'll lose to Louisville at Louisville, and then they go on a run from there. They get Clemson at home. I bet you, I bet you ten bucks they beat Clemson at home on the thirtieth, um, and then kind of go on a run from there. They get North Carolina and Notre Dame back to back at home at the, at the beginning of February. They're not going to lose to NC State this year. Um, and then they kind of have an easier rest of the way until they play at North Carolina to end the season. It's going to be interesting because I, I don't know. I think you're right. Like, I don't, I feel like there's a, a Duke run in them. Yeah. I don't know. Jalen Johnson has to be better than what he's been. I just don't, I don't believe for a second. He's this, Yeah, he's, and like it. he's this poor. He's he's the you know he's the best player on that team and when I've looked at them, I haven't watched a ton of them. I watched them against Boston College last night and then I watched them a few other times. It's like right. their best players can't defend and then the guys that can defend can't score. So that's kind of a problem. Um, I I do think Clemson's really good um, and I think they're a really tough matchup for Louisville because they play really good defense. Um, they're very physical. Um, and you're not, they're not really going to beat themselves. 
Um, they're going to play a really slow down game um, and, and kind of minimize the possessions. So that's the one for me is like, you know, if Louisville could go there and win, I'd be like, my God, this team is going to win the ACC. Um, but I don't, I don't see it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am with that. I still feel like there's like a ceiling to Clemson that like, I don't know, like they haven't really played a really, really good team. They play, they play Virginia on the 16th for, I don't know why, why are Virginia and Duke still in the, in the teens and in, in Ken Palm fix, fix the, fix the algorithm. <laughs> Ken, come on. Um, I'm, I'm no, like basing so much on that like, in my you, mind right now. You have to look at it a little bit different because I, I, I just like, I really don't think Duke's very good and I'm not sure Virginia's much better, um, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, I mean, Virginia has been counted for dead several times before um and and kind of came back for life so them i won't count out duke i'd be a lot more quicker to count out that's that's kind of the way i feel about it that's um, fair so yeah um you want <laughs> you want to make this seamless transition to yeah. talking about uh uh, uh yesterday um, I, I do want to talk about it yeah we're going to talk about we're going to talk about what happened yesterday if that's not your jam i understand you can you know thanks for listening uh but we're going to talk about it because it happened um I kind of got some flack on Twitter because I said Louisville probably shouldn't play a basketball game. And, you know, I get, I get the reasonings why people wanted to, especially in the time of COVID, you know, you know, Virginia tech probably wants to leave immediately after that game and go home. You know, you're asking them to come back. Um, That's, that's fine. I get it. Um, But I don't know, man. It's uh, where do you, where do we want to, I, I was, it's such a weird. I don't. I. I you want me to start? Do you want to start? You start. Here's here's where here's where we can start. I think that yesterday you tweeted about. I I really like kind of connected with what when you said it. You said something along the lines of, "This is America, and we have to accept that." Because yesterday, and even today. The, the the thing that I kept hearing over and over and over again was this is not America. This is fringe fringe you know, parts of society. And the thing I kept screaming at my TV is this is America because that's that's how yesterday felt to me. Um, when I look around historically about how this country was built and and you know all those things, I won't get too deep into those things. Um, but I, I think, if anything, storming an unassuming Capitol building is extremely American. That's that's the way I felt about yesterday. Is I thought that, you know, I wasn't sad as much as other people because I think for me, after Charlottesville, nothing really surprises me. Right. So I think like the, the the part of being sad is part of that's like surprise. Um, and anymore, I'm just kind of just like numb to it, which is a terrible place to be. Right. I'm not advocating that at all. It's a good place. Um, but that's kind of how I things registered with me yesterday. You hit it on the head when you said that we need to accept this is who we are. Because we, if we don't accept this is who we are, then I don't think you can ever confront it. My, I, I'm, I, I'm glad you started there. I think that's probably where I should have started, and I didn't. Um, I don't have, I don't have the man's name. But my one of my I think the most powerful things, moments of television that has been around 
since Trump took office um, is a reporter on MSNBC. And he says the exact same thing. And it, it was in relation to, uh, uh, you know, uh, a person, I believe a person who had one of the dozens of times in the past four years where an unarmed black person was, was killed and, and, and no one was brought to justice for it. Um, and he said that he said that exact thing. This, this is who we are. This is, we were, uh, we were a country built on, on insurrection. Um, we are, we, the armed conflict is a part of us from, you know, for forever, uh, you know, from the beginning and in every you know step of the way. And the longer that we ignore these, you know, I mean, several people have brought up the, the situation in the late, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to quote history. I just heard it said like literally six times, but in the late 1800s, there, this exact thing happened in Vermont. I believe it was. And um, the government in Vermont won. It was a, a mixed race. It was white people and black people combined to create, I believe, some kind of statewide party. Um, and white supremacists a, a, a stormed the Capitol and took over the government. And they succeeded. And that was your, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, our great-grandparents were there for that. That happened while they were there. That, that those people that you that most of us met or knew and have memories of, they were there for that. That isn't old. It's not. It may be 140 years ago, but it's it's not old. Um. So the longer that we ignore that, the longer that we ignore the you know in every facet of our the longer the longer that we ignore the fact that that police were the the history of police in america starts with people searching for slaves that escaped the longer that we know that the uh that the that the senate the longer that we ignore that the senate was built just to just just to appease small states and um it it was you know that this government was designed in ways that the founding fathers couldn't even understand the longer that we don't recognize that and accept things for what we believe them to be some exceptional american story um the long, the 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 harder it is to to quote unquote come together and I'm not saying you shouldn't be patriotic. I, I'm I'm a very patriotic person. I I I I love this country dearly, and I love the the ideas and the pinnacles that it can be. But um, we've been taught our entire lives that we are exceptional, and that we are are that everything is is good about us and what we what we set out to do. And um, that's just not the reality. And it's you can't you know just like just like people tell millennials all the time, you're not special. We just we have to accept that about why 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 do we accept that about our country, and that doesn't mean we can't be special. That doesn't mean we can't be. That doesn't mean we can't be the best at things. But I, I'm I'm so tired of of um, faux outrage when when things seem to be amiss in the ideas of people um, and in people's minds because they've always been amiss. They've always been amiss. You just did not notice. And, um, and I, I understand, you know, I think, you know, I'm talking for way too long, but yes, Mitch McConnell and, and people who, who, who came out against, came out against what happened, they, they did what needed to be done. And, and for that, that is a, a deed that I'm appreciative of. Um, but there are so many people that 
have their hands all over this. Even if their hands aren't filled with blood, there's just a little bit there. There's their hands are dirty. And it's not necessarily means that they, that they were at fault, their blood, their hands, or um, there are a few people, obviously, that, that you know, the president and, and, and specific, you know, members of, of Congress who, who have it on their hands more than others. But it's just, um, it's hard for me to, to, to see people, even people who supported the president be like, oh, well, this is where, this is where you lost me with this one. No, it's, it's always been this way. It's always been this is who we are. This is what it's always been. I talked way too yeah, long. Yeah, so like, <laughs> no, 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 no worries, no worries at all. I think like for someone like me, like a, a white male, I fear more responsibility to to fight this fight because it is this <laughs> it, it is my battle, largely. Yeah, um, and I, I I think a big part of fighting that fight is when you're having a conversation with a family member and they say, "I don't do politics." Um, and, and yeah. checking them on that yeah. because this, I think that's the biggest thing here. Like, this isn't political. This is life. Yes. Yes. Like this, 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 the, that's like the, that's like the thing for me is it, it I, I woke up this morning and I'm like, you know, I, I felt a lot of ways. Um, I was more sad today than I was yesterday. I, mm-hmm. I think for some reason or whatever reason, it takes me a little bit longer for, for no, I felt the same way. I, I um, think, I, yeah, go ahead. I, w- I was more mad yesterday than I was yeah. sad. Um, but then you just, you, you just feel a little helpless um, because like, you know, I need to be doing so many things. It's hard to focus on one thing to be doing. Right. So yeah, I, I, I think the biggest contribution that you can make personally is when you have these conversations, you're going to have these conversations. Don't let the people that you're going to have them with run from them. Because they shouldn't be able to. You have an obligation. You you tweeted it too. Also, you know, Mitch McConnell in a restaurant. You have an obligation as an American to to speak with him. There, if, if there's if the, if there's one thing those yeah those people had right, it's is they work for us. They they do work for us. The the issue is that, you know. It, <sighs> I don't know. And, and I don't know if we want to, you know, go down this well, but I, I, I find myself more and more thinking about our, you know, we, this is a show about the university of Louisville sports and he is one of the most powerful people in the world. And his hands are all over this. As I said, it, you know, it, it, he did not incite the, 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 the riot, the insurrection yesterday, but um, things that he have done, he has done for the past however many years led up to it. It's a part of the slope. And I, I, I asked myself, and, and I was going to ask you, is like, by the time that we pass away, is there going to be a McConnell Center at the University of Louisville? And that's like, those, those little, little things are kind of the conversation I wanted to get into is like, I think that's a – you kind of threw me off with that particular, like, kind of question. I think that's a wonderful <laughs> question um, because there are a lot of people that, you know, couldn't be more against Mitch McConnell that directly benefited from the McConnell, McConnell Scholars Program um, that, you know, have pictures of him with him on their Facebook, you know, and they, they're like, you know, this guy gave me this. I don't respect this guy. I don't like him at all, but 
he gave me this. He gave me this college opportunity and these things. So I have to have some some gratitude hit with him. So to and and let me be clear. I don't I, think that yeah. the. Uh, no, no. I just want to say because like I, I, I have very good friends that uh, that very people I really respect and people that I really care about that uh, that are in that exact spot. And 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 mm-hmm. I don't I, I I can't fathom what it is now. I don't know. I, I you know how they feel now, but I don't I don't I don't blame them. But no, I, I think that's a good point. I think it's a good thing to bring up. Keep going. But the I'm question sorry. is, should should the University of Louisville put students in that position to face that moral dilemma anymore when they don't need to? Like they can get that they can get that money from a lot of other people. They don't have to get it from Mitch McConnell. Am I wrong? Like I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure there's tons of people that are wealthy um, that would be happy to to give that money that Mitch McConnell gives to the university that could probably replace that pretty well. So I I, I think that's a really good question. It's interesting. I don't know. Like it, it, he, it. I don't know if it's the access. I I actually saw I saw Joe Biden speak uh through the Mitch McConnell Center. Like I I saw that happen when I was in school, and um, you know. Is it the access? Is it the is it the prestige that he's off he's offering the university? I, I think that's part of it, probably. But um, I don't know. It's something I thought about, and it's uh, obviously he's condemned this with the highest regard. But like, not to not to make. I I think we're having a really good like sort of quasi political discussion. So I feel like this is way more political than than quasi. But you know, he doesn't. <laughs> he he um, he didn't say that joe biden was the president elect until december the 8th joe biden wins the presidency effectively on november the 7th this when he you know he gets all of the projected votes he needs um does that make today or yesterday not happen probably not but it's something i've thought about a hundred times and in the past you know 36 hours and um it's uh i i think I saw someone um, who's a former U of L person who, you know, I think is making his way in the world really well. And I think could potentially be um, someone, you know, 30 years from now who could be in that type of position, say jokingly one day I'm going to get his name off of everything. And um <laughs> I found that really interesting. And, and I've been thinking about that since then. And that was even like, just as it was starting, which was funny. So I don't know. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I think you have this conversation in the same vein that you have the conversation of rep arena. Like I, I don't think the two things are very different. Um, they are different in a, in a, like some little ways. Yeah. Um, but as far as like, the meaning that they that they kind of bring, um, I don't think they're much difference. Where do you stand, like baseline? About uh, I wanted to, you know, at least mention this because I do think it's an interesting topic. I don't even really know how I feel about it, but just the whole thing that happened with Donald Trump's Twitter account, the thing that happened with this Facebook. Um, you have guys like Edward uh, about you know censorship and, and and things like that. Any you know grand take about that or any any opinion on that i it's so funny because it's like social media has been so weird during this time because um 
you can you know talk about something that's contributed to what happened yesterday. I, I I find it really interesting not to call people out who are of this age, but it's so fascinating to me. And my friends and I have yeah, that are our age, you know, in their late twenties, you know, or early thirties, have noticed that like. 95% of the people who are at these things, they're between the ages of 35 to 50. It's like people who the internet happened early enough in their life that they're, they're confident within it, but they didn't grow up with the internet. So my, so like I've heard it theorized that though, because the internet wasn't something they were basically born with or grew up with, it's harder for them to discern the difference between what's on the internet and what is real life where, you know, Gen Z, if you watch, if you watch TikTok, these like everyone, you know, oh, the, the, the internet's killing kids, blah, 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 or, you know, it's making kids into these terrible people. If, if the kids understand the differences between online and not online more than any other generation. It's, it's, it's fascinating. So I don't even want to, you know, that's a whole completely different story, but I'm so fascinated by these social media platforms because I think essentially to answer your question, they are doing that this because they know that on the 20th things change. And um, I think that I think, I think it was, they would be doing this if Trump was reelected. I guess that's you, what think, I'm you think you think they would I'm not sure you think they would because I, I don't think no, that I don't I, I, I no, I, I agree with you. I don't think they okay. would. I don't really know how much more like uh, they're like guys like like Jack and, and guys like Zuckerberg are getting credit for these moves. Oh, and no. I, I kind of think it's it's like half hearted. Oh, no, no, no. I, I give them no credit. Like, yeah, it's something it's something that should happen four years ago. It's something you, you're you're telling me what's different between what happened, what happened in the past 48 hours and 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 Trump saying that we're going to send a, a a missile to North Korea. <laughs> what's what's di- on Twitter? <laughs> what's different between those two things? Oh, because it has to do with America. Now we care. No, it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> and he said and I, he's, I think that's, he's that's basically kind of the point. I'm just driving yeah. home. No, no, no. And, and I don't know, man, like they know, and I, I've seen, if you're really interested in this type of stuff, I really recommend uh, the guy's name is Casey Newton, who is, I think probably the foremost social media like platform content guy. Like he wrote that incredible article a few years ago about the people who are the content moderators who basically watch the worst shit on the internet that gets posted on Facebook and YouTube and, and like have PTSD because they've seen people die on video for minimum wage, but that's neither here nor there. Um, anything else before we wrap up any other, I don't know, man, it's, it's nuts, man. This is, I, I'm, I, I, let's circle back to your point. Cause I think it's important because conversations are important. And um, yeah, at, it, at the end of the day, I think that's the way it, cause like the worst part of this for me is obviously like, you know, <laughs> the, the people dying and, and, and the things like that and the balance you see. But the worst part of this for me is, is feeling kind of helpless. And I think the way that you can empower yourself a little bit is, having those conversations with everyone you meet, not shying away from those conversations just because you don't want to talk about them. We have said this, I I have said this, and you know, I'm definitely not the first. So many people have said this over and over and over again. You got to talk about these things. At the end of the day, that's that's what it is. That's that's what it is. Absolutely. I think um 
you know, uh, an engaged, an engaged society is a, is a healthier society. And I think, you know, um, when you have people, when you, the, the, again, not to, not, not, I feel like we've done a good job of not being overtly political, but I, I think when you talk about encourage, when more people get involved in the process, there are more policies that more people are inclined to agree with and, and, and would be beneficial to more people out there. Um, if you're talking about what happened in Georgia two nights ago, that happened not because, that, that happened because more people showed up who had never showed up before. That's why, you know, people, right. people who 10 years before hadn't been involved in the political process, they got involved and they didn't get involved because the people running were, um, you know, were, 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 you know, they didn't have very ambitious plans. They got involved because they wanted $2,000 checks because they've had a shitty year and because they need it. Right. And because they're tired of seeing, um, they're tired of seeing policies that don't benefit them. Um, so, you know, just having the conversations and, and if there's someone that, you know, that, that agrees with what happened yesterday, I, I sympathize with you. I don't, I don't know how you could do that. Even the members, uh, the, the kind of Waldo members of, of my family who, who, um, who are on that side of the aisle have, have kind of already denounced it. Um, I don't know. I think, I think we're at a situation where, you know, people have to be informed. So, so, you know. And uh, the, the getting the yeah. right information out there is a whole other whole, whole other animal. We could talk about that for an hour, but um, have the conversations. No, I think that's I think that I, I think that's a good place to leave it. Definitely, uh, this was uh, this was a fun one, Chris. This was a, a good one. I think it was a good combo, <laughs> but um. Hopefully we won't have something uh, so serious to talk about next time. Um, I'm sure we'll do, we'll do a podcast uh, next week before Louisville plays Wake Forest. I'm sure uh, maybe Scott Satterfield will leave for the Trinity high school football <laughs> coaching position. Uh, it's, yeah, slightly yeah. Cl- it's slightly closer it's, to an airport, going. slightly closer to an airport. Um, so we don't, <laughs> we don't know. Um, Still bummed that we lost that Mac Jones Heisman bet. I just want everybody to know that we lost. Uh, we lost that. That was uh, that was a real bummer, buddy. The the guy finish, finishing in third place, which is like a kick to the nuts, too. Like you weren't even close. Come on now. Uh, I know we're trying to close this out, but really quickly, do you think that Dabo Sweeney is the reason why that Trevor Lawrence didn't doesn't win the Heisman? No. Okay. I think no. I don't think that either. I, I've seen no, that like I, take three times, and I don't understand where it's coming from. <laughs> like, I don't think that's it. But. That has that has been a thing because like uh, Devonte going nuts probably really wasn't a big thing for the voters because they voted like two weeks ago, right? So like he had he had been putting up numbers, obviously, but I, I don't know. I don't think Dabo was really his last biggest thing was like the whole Florida state COVID thing. And that was like months ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like it, it wasn't in voters minds when they were going to vote. Right. Like, I don't think so. No, I, I, I don't. All right, then we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. We, we hope you're doing all right. Um, talk to somebody, man. Tell somebody you love them. Uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next time.